Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag BYU. I don't know all the details. All I know is that uh, we, we wanted the game. So I'm looking forward to getting out there and playing the game against Dana and his team. And I think he does a fine job of putting a team together. They obviously had something in mind when they took him away from West Virginia to Houston. So from what we saw in that first game, that was the first game of the, of the year, you know, and, and a lot of improvement happens from week one to week two. So we have to anticipate them being way better than what we saw in week one. And hopefully we can be way better than we were in, in our four weeks, or especially in the week four. That's Kalani Sataki, BYU football coach right there, looking ahead to tonight's game with Houston, 7.30 on ESPN. Cougar pregame show at 6.30. The recent development is that Kyrus Tonga, BYU's senior defensive lineman, star lineman, could have gone to the NFL draft last year and didn't. Uh, He's back, but he's not with the team going to Houston. He's sick, non-COVID illness, but an illness nonetheless, so he's out. And this goes to the recruiting talk that we had uh, earlier this week. You know, you want these high-end guys, the NFL and borderline NFL guys, because they got to be double-teamed. They make the game easier for everybody else around them. When Kyrus Tongue is in there absorbing two defensive linemen, it makes it a whole lot easier for the linebacker playing behind him. Now they're not going to have Tonga. How big an impact is that going to be? What's it going to do to the run defense and their pass rush? Questions to be answered tonight at 7.30 on ESPN, PK. Battle of Unbeatens. Cougars are 4-0. The other Cougars are 1-0. 2020's weird. When do we have 4-0 teams playing 1-0 teams? That never happens. But we got it tonight at 7.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. All right, notable games this week. Some ranked teams playing. A lot of ranked teams have also had their games uh, canceled but or postponed. But tonight, 17th-ranked SMU is playing Tulane at 4 o'clock. Look at Tulane popping up again. This is another reason 2020 is weird. How often do we spend time worried about Tulane and what Tulane is doing? Not much. We usually got too much going on. But we got four leagues that aren't playing right now, and Tulane played Navy, and that told us a little bit about Navy because Tulane blew a 24-0 lead in uh, that game. And then Tulane blew a 24-7 lead against Houston, and we were caring about that because BYU's playing Houston tonight, so... See if Tulane blows the lead against SMU tonight or if SMU just smokes him from the get-go. Put SMU on that list of teams we were talking earlier this week about, hey, when you're a Texas team, you got a certain amount of athletic ability. There are too many athletes in Houston. Now, you may not have the high-end guys, but you, you probably got somebody, especially at skill positions where guys get overlooked. And uh, SMU has, get, has been improving. They are uh, 4-0 now. They seem to have it going, and you would think They'd beat Tulane tonight and get to 5-0, just like BYU. Tomorrow, the big game, obviously, is Georgia and Alabama. That's number three, Georgia, number two, Alabama. The big dogs in the SEC. Intriguing, because so many SEC defenses gave up 30 points last. I think it was nine teams gave up 30 points. And that is not the SEC football we've we've known. And uh, But we see more and more SEC teams. It used to be built on defense. Flinging the ball all over the place, scoring a bunch of points. Georgia's defense is the one D that seems to be holding up old school SEC style. Well, they do it against Bama. 
Sark on the sideline, Steve Sarkeesian in charge to whatever degree the head coach Nick Saban can communicate or not communicate or have everything in place before the game. If I were CBS, I would definitely want an in-game interview with Nick Saban. Maybe a couple of them. See if they get to pull that off. Other ranked teams that are playing, number one, Clemson is playing Georgia Tech. Clemson looks like they're just going to run rough shot over the ACC. They are 27-point favorites. To, they're 4-0 right now to improve to 5-0 and and just keep, uh, just keep blowing everybody else out. Uh, 13th-ranked Miami, coming off that loss to Clemson, is playing Pitt. So that's another game to, uh, to keep an eye on. Got any favorite games you're looking for this weekend, PK? Every single one of them, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the Cle- uh, Clemson, just to watch them, I mean, they're going to roll, but that's early in the morning. So uh, by the time I get hungry again after breakfast, that game should be over. <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me now. I'm rubbing off on you. How do you measure game time? My meals. When do I get my next 500 calories? Well, I just thought of that right now as I was saying it. I didn't, I didn't anticipate saying it, but I thought it would be a good line. And then certainly uh, Georgia and Alabama. And I was thinking about this last night, you know, and I've said this before. It's no big surprise. I really miss Pac-12 football. Yeah. That's how I that's how I set my Saturdays. And that's pretty much uh, how I set my Saturdays uh, all the time. And, you know, fill in when I'm traveling for other when I'm covering Utah, BYU. It, it's it's somewhat different. But even when I'm not able to sit in front of the television the way things are now, you can either fire them up on your computer or monitor them on your telephone, the scores, and and I miss it, and I look forward to its return. Yep, I normally wouldn't make a big deal out of Notre Dame playing Louisville, but that'll be one of those games on, you're checking on the list. Is Louisville going to be able to pull an upset at South Bend? Probably not. Notre Dame is 3-0, and Louisville's 1-3. and Well, you weren't sprinkled Catholic as a, as a uh, you know six-week-old, so I can understand that. I was. Yeah, so you can you can put it on the second screen. I'll be checking the score. All right, there's a reason why you're interested in BYU a little bit more. Ah! Hey, look at this. We're missing top ten teams this week. Number seven, Oklahoma State is not playing Baylor. It's postponed. Eighth-ranked Cincinnati's not playing Tulsa. It's postponed. And tenth-ranked Florida's not playing LSU. It's postponed. So we're losing three of the top ten right there. But... There ought to be enough football to uh, to get you through the day, especially if we end up with baseball on Saturday, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, multiple SEC schools are going to have revenue from the conference deducted as a result of not following proper protocols. SEC, school, SEC schools playing fast and loose with rules? Who would have guessed? But uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, says they could be cut $100,000 per week. You don't really have to fine him. You just withhold the money and never give it to him in the first place. So I guess they could burn through a million bucks over the, over the course of a season, or at least a half million. What do you think, PK? Is this going to change the way anybody behaves? We always say it's about the money. They're trying to make it about the money. But is it enough money? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the first thing I thought of was coaches' salaries. Will they come down? Will they be decreased? Will all these analyst positions? Now, I don't want anybody's salary to be decreased. I don't want any jobs, more importantly, to be eliminated. But, you know, obviously they spend as much. uh, They probably spend much more than everybody. When you go into it, all the employees that they have relative to football, and so I wonder if there's something that can be done there or not necessarily can be done, but will be done. Chris Hill, uh, former athletic director of the U, had a funny story about that uh, from the Sugar Bowl that um, 
the uh, the Sugar Bowl staff takes the staff from each school out to dinner in one of the nights leading up to the game, and they all you know just go out and hang out and talk and you know learn stuff about especially in the case of Utah school, it isn't going to be at the Sugar Bowl very often, right? So they do Alabama one night, and then the next night they do Utah. And so in their the lobby, they're supposed to meet and. <clears throat> they're standing there waiting for people to come down the elevators, and they're like, so when are the rest of your people coming down? Chris is looking around like, oh, no, this is everybody. We're here. <laughs> and it's because the SEC have so many people and spend so much money. And they're like, like really? This is everybody? Huh. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Whose quarterback is better, yours or Ronald Jones? Come on, man. I'm pretty sure my quarterback knows what fourth down is. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, exactly. I'm like, Aaron Rodgers would never do that. He's too smart for that. We never be in that type of situation. Jamal Williams right there, the former Cougar, now a Green Bay Packer. Wow. Shots fired across the bow, PK. <laughs> that was funny. Mm, well, it's funny from uh, one person's perspective, right? but I don't know if it's funny from the other person's No, I'm pretty sure it's not funny in Tampa Bay. It's a lot funnier in Wisconsin than it is in Central Florida. Green Bay's playing Tampa Bay. That's the big game uh, in the uh, 2.30 window. 2.25, the kickoff for that one. Uh, Fox has the doubleheader this week, and they only have one afternoon game because they want to send it to the whole country. They don't want to be regionalizing that. They knew they had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, so everybody's getting to see that game. I wonder who have the last laugh on that one because uh, I have a feeling that if the Buccaneers win, there might be something said back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's that's the kind of joke like Tom Brady can make it about himself, and he did because he sent out that meme where he had um, LeBron's face on his uh, on the still frame of him holding up the four fingers to congratulate yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron for his fourth championship. So, like, yeah. hey, I I mean, I got a certain sense of humor about this. I'll make fun of myself. You don't get to make fun of me. We know these guys all are looking for stuff to motivate themselves. So, Brady has a good one now. Packers coming in 4-0. Buccaneers coming in 3-2. The game's in Tampa Bay. Uh, Other games that might catch your attention, uh, the Browns and the Steelers doesn't sound like a big game. But the, uh, I mean, the Steelers are usually good, and they're they're four and zero. And we were telling you it's the first time they've done that in like forty years, which is shocking since they've won multiple Super Bowls in that time. They've been to three and won two, and you know, been deep in the playoffs. It seems like every third year, right? But the Browns are making it important. The Browns are four and one, pretender or contender, PK, real deal or not. Well, the Browns should be a real deal, at least at this point of season, because, you know, they've had a lot of high draft picks over the years because they've yep. sucked. <laughs> they've, they've made, I couldn't name you all the coaches they've had since Belichick or even just in the last six, seven years. And I, I really believe the way the system is set up professionally, you have to suck to continue to suck because the system rewards your suckitude to allow you to get better. You have to take advantage of it. And so it should be their time. They should be better. Rams and Niners is the Sunday night primetime game. The Rams, 4-1, and one, uh, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Kind of a disappointing year last year. Had some injuries. Uh, Goff wasn't as good throwing the ball. But it looks like uh, that Super Bowl hangover that a lot of teams that lose the Super Bowl have, looks like they've escaped that. They're off to a 4-1 and one start and looking good. Niners, on the other hand, were in the Super Bowl last year, did lose it, and they're 2-3, and three, so a little bit of the Super Bowl hangover there. But Niners and Rams, old-school uh, California rivalry, Sunday night primetime. 
Uh, one of the big games has now been moved to Monday, and that's the Chiefs and the Bills. They're both 4-1, and one, and they're going to be playing Monday afternoon with the Cardinals and Cowboys in the traditional Monday night football time slot. Any other games catch your attention? Anything else you care about? Cam Newton back for the Patriots, probably, hopefully. They're playing NFL the NFL Sunday, man. Yeah. All, all of them. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Oh, Le'Veon Bell, one other thing. Le'Veon Bell lands with the Chiefs, a team with a ton of offensive weapons, has one more. Is this a case of strong coach, strong leadership in the locker room will keep a uh, wild-card personality in line? And it's a one-year deal if he wants his money next year. He can't can't screw up with the Chiefs. Well, yeah, you're running out of chances, man. So it's up to you. Do you want to behave or not? Says he wants a Super Bowl ring. Well... They got as good a chance as anybody, right? It's early, but they got as good a chance as anybody. Uh, Colts are the latest team to shut down their facilities. They did that this morning. They had several positive tests, but they're waiting to confirm them, make sure they're not false positives. So the uh, the Colts shutting it down, at least for now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Tyron Lou. Former Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. Been a Clipper assistant. Linked to New Orleans. Linked to Houston. But he gets a five-year deal from the Clippers. little feeling that maybe uh, somebody around Tyron leaked the uh, whole stuff about Houston and New Orleans and get the Clippers. Because he was he was mentioned from the get-go. And obviously he's with the club. And so he could have built some relationships with the star players. So he seemed like a logical choice. All this other stuff seemed like, well, what are we doing here? Why would you leave the Clippers to go to New Orleans? Well, now he's not. Five years with the Clippers. He'll replace Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers out. He's already landed in Philadelphia. He's the 76ers' new head coach. The other big personnel move, the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey citing personal reasons. Says this is the right time to step down after 13 years with the franchise. Says it was a great run. Personally, the timing worked for me. My youngest son just graduated from high school. It's the right time to see what's next with family and other potential things in the future. It just felt like the right time. So he's famously had clashes with the owners. He sent or the owner there, and he sent out the uh, the tweet, and that seemed to get him in hot water. But then they made a point of saying they weren't going to fire him. But a uh, combination of 13 years, and that is the backstory that had the coaching change there too. You wonder if the coaching search has gone sideways, and he wants. At least I do. I wonder if he wants somebody, and the owner doesn't. Uh, but Houston starting over, which I think is intriguing because the Warriors. I don't know if they're going to get back to their championship form. Um, and certainly their roster and their bench has changed, but they, they got three guys who should be healthy and three guys we know are really good and have been the key to their run there. So at minimum, they ought to be top four in the West. But if they're going to hop over all these teams, who are they going to knock out of the top four? You know, shouldn't the Lakers and Clippers be top four? Denver and Houston are the other two teams. Denver seems like, you know, they're young. They got young pieces moving into their prime here. They should be doing all right. Maybe Houston's the team that gets rocked by this and drops out of the top four and the Warriors are moving in. But, you know, teams like the Jazz want to move up, expect to move up, hope to move up. It's intriguing what's going to shake out in the West. But when you look with all these teams getting better, somebody's got to get worse. You know, could it be in Houston? A new GM and a new coach. You know, what pieces are they going to want around uh, James Harden there? Plenty of question marks. You covered it. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. There's a drive to left center field, deep. Back is Bellinger looking up. It is gone! Marcelo Zuna, his second home run of the game. Pitch on the way. 
And Correa hits it in the air. Pretty deep to center. Sends back here. Meyer at the wall. See you later. And see you tomorrow. The Houston Astros win it in the bottom of the ninth on Correa's walk-off homer. Carlos told me before he went up there, he goes, you know, walk off. And I said, go ahead on, man. And uh, and I said, Lord, please let us walk off because if not, we got to use Framber and then we don't have Framber tomorrow. Uh, you know, things, things couldn't have worked out any better at that time. Carlos Correa calling his shot. I'm going to end it. And then afterwards, the, we saw you hugging him and talking to him. What would you say? I bleeping told you. What I, <laughs> okay. It's reminding Dusty called a shot. Pretty dramatic right there. Every kid's dream, PK. End it in the playoffs. Well, Baker Jr. just uh, went to God. And he said, Lord, please let him do this because I've got to use this other guy. So he just went magic happens. I mean, it will be underreported. But Baker Jr., and that's what his jersey says, Baker Jr., Baker Jr. called on God. God rewards the Houston Astros. God can look upon sin, apparently, with uh, some degree of allowance because Houston obviously cheated by their own acknowledgement. We've got a major story here, and you're talking about a silly home run? Did he make it happen or did he let it happen? And Correa made it happen. All I know is Baker Jr. said, Lord, please let this happen. And it happened. You're just going to keep calling Baker Jr., aren't you? You're going to beat that into the ground. Well, that's what he wants to be called. It says it on his jersey. Don't ask me. Bring it back on me. It says right there. It says Baker Jr. The other game, not nearly as dramatic. The Braves, six in the sixth. They chase Kershaw in the sixth inning, break open a 1-1 tie, blow the game wide open, and go on to win 10-2. So... Now, the, uh, they're playing today with uh, Tampa's up 3-2 on Houston. Tampa Bay, the Rays have the 3-2 lead, 4 o'clock on TBS. And the Braves are up 3-1 on the Dodgers, and that's 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Both of them trying to close it out, and if they don't, then we got baseball with all the college football on Saturday. You believing in Houston right now? You think they got a shot? I mean, only one of the teams come back from 3-0. They're halfway there. Yeah, I do think they have a shot, yeah, because uh, base, baseball's different, though. It, it depends on that particular pitching yeah, that it's, game. And so, it's Snell tonight, right? Yes, but it's more for Houston. Houston can now flip the, the, the starters back to the ones that they had, too. So uh, it, it's, it's like if it goes seven, there's seven individual games. They add up to a series. But it's it's different. It's just, it's really surprising that only one team has come back from the 3-0 because you would think of the sport that would have it done more frequently, it would be this sport because the pitching determines so much. Where in basketball, it's the same guys doing the same thing from game to game. Yeah, it's just the guys who helped build the 3-0 lead inevitably are going to come back around. You know, in this case, Snell, and he's really good, and his numbers are awesome, and I assume he's going to give him a great game, but also he doesn't control everything. Doesn't mean he can't be, you know, can't be beat one to nothing or two to one, or they can't get to the bullpen after they, you know, take a bunch of pitches and let him throw himself out, and he hits whatever the magic number is on his pitch count. Although you'd think there's a little bit on the line, the old pitch count might get pushed north, right? Uh, I don't know that it really does. I don't think it's a pitch count situation. It is because Tampa Bay has built its bullpen. Do they think they have somebody better? I don't think they'll take him out because of pitch count. 
I think it'll be the situation we want the well, he's a lefty, so you want righty versus righty, that type of thing. But at the same time, Houston is flipping its rotation also. That's what I'm saying. It's not just uh, yep. one team. DJ and PK, that is what is trending and is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up at 8 o'clock, David Locke will join us. Radio voice of the Jazz. Put a bow on the season. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He'll join us at 830. And at 9 o'clock, Kyle Whittingham leading off the Utah football availability. Devin Brumfield and Brian Thompson scheduled to speak today as well. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Greg Rubel, the voice of the BYU Cougars. Those games down the road aren't going to mean nearly as much unless BYU can get this win on Friday. Everything hinges on it. You do not get into the New Year's Six conversation without an undefeated record this year. There are a finite number of true barometer games for BYU, and one could argue the first was played at Navy. It's a good name team. It was a ranked team from last year, but Houston is a true barometer for BYU. If they're able to get the win on Friday, there are games to be played between now and then. We all know that, but over the ensuing week, the hype will only increase exponentially until that Boise State game in early November. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical today at 801 801- 833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Tell them DJ and PK sent you and receive $33 off. All right, PK. Here we go again, huh? Ha. Ha. <laughs> Greg Swain, Oklahoma TV radio personality, tweeted out that the Big 12 will add two to four teams in the next round of TV negotiations. Will BYU's dream come true? There it is, people. I, I feel like we've done this segment before. I thought Swain was from Texas, not Oklahoma, but oh, I could really? be wrong. I looked at it. was uh, I'm some... pretty sure it's Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. He's pumping some AAU tournaments in Oklahoma on his uh, website. Basketball? It, uh... He's kind of gotten out of the media game based on what I have seen from his Twitter feed. He's been doing a lot of AAU stuff yeah. on his Twitter yeah, feed. Yeah, it's the big time tournament. Saturday, October 17th at the Oklahoma County Boys and Girls Club. Because when I think of AAU, I just think of basketball. Yeah. Yep, that's what it looks like. He's got a picture of him sitting here with Dick Vitale. He's doing basketball stuff. Yeah. BYU to the Big 12. Here we go again. So, will the dream come true? Brandon, I bleep and hope so. They deserve it, and I'm sick of this being the yearly subject of Utah sports media. It's not yearly, but yeah. Let's be clear, it came up from Oklahoma, so it's not Utah media. Jonathan says, no, keep Utah great. See what you did there, Jonathan. Semi-clever. What, we're talking about the state or the U of U? I thought he was talking about the U of U. And I thought that was a play on Make America Great Again. See, I thought he was hopping on the election bandwagon there. Yeah, I don't know if that has any bearing or... If it does, I, th- I don't think it would be major. 
It wouldn't lead to more schools recruiting here. The Big 12 doing what the Pac-12 did, saying, hey, there's players over there. we got to go get them. You, you think they're that naive and that stupid that they don't know that they're, they're players here? Uh, yeah, but when you, you start playing there and it increases your profile, maybe you uh, commit resources there. I mean, right now, once in a while a kid goes to a Big 12 school, but it's not Oklahoma very often. State this past year took at yeah. least one. Right, that's so... Oklahoma got one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but the Pac-12 numbers are much bigger than the Big 12 numbers, and the Pac-12 numbers got bigger when Utah got in. Okay, so if they're not aware of us, that would mean we're not aware of them. So then I'm going to call Kyle today and say, hey, Kyle, there's a lot of good players in Texas and Oklahoma. Can't just be a one-way unawareness. That doesn't make any sense to me. Hector says, here we go again. I'll believe it when I see it. If I were a BYU fan, that's exactly what I would say. (laughs) Been down this road before, Charlie Brown. Yank that football away. Yeah. So if they're going to add two to four, I mean, there's been a bunch of stories out there, and a bunch of them, well, some scenarios would not include BYU, and then there's a couple that could. I mean, there's the whole USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State thing. Well, those are the four. Or if the Arizona schools are the two, which I've never really thought the Arizona schools would go just as the two. Go as the four, I get that. But going as just the two, that seems a little odd, but maybe. Well, why not Utah and Colorado? I haven't heard that out there, but you're right. You look at the maps, you look at the geography. Yeah, that could make sense. You can see that. If SC goes independent and the Arizona schools decide to bolt, would Colorado go? And if Utah didn't want to, could BYU go? And there's another scenario out there where, you know, the Big 12's lost a lot of teams over the years. And I can't believe if one of them comes home, then they need BYU as a 12th team. If two of them decide to come home, then BYU, I think, would be out of luck. But I don't think two of them are going to make the move. Maybe one of them would. I can't believe Nebraska's leaving the Big Ten or Texas A&M's leaving the SEC. That, that doesn't seem likely. But could a Missouri maybe say, hey, we're, we're struggling to compete here and we want to reunite these rivalries and the Big 12's much healthier than we thought? Or like you say, maybe a Colorado? Maybe that would open the door there. Is the Big 12 going to change its mind on somebody like Houston or Cincinnati who they could have added with BYU in the last go-round? That seems kind of unlikely to me. That's, that's why you adopt the old Charlie Brown, you're going to pull the football away. Let me know when it happens. And I, I don't want to bet on the Big 12 getting revved up about Cincinnati. If it happens, great, but I'm not hanging my hopes on it now. I wouldn't hang my hopes on anything now. Yeah, but BYU fans can do it a little bit because they really want to go. They want to be in the Big 12. Bring it! Sure, but I wouldn't hang my hopes on it because if I'm hoping for something, that means I anticipate it happening. And so I'm gearing my everything that I'm trying to accomplish toward that. And I don't think that that's wise. I think you have to go along with the uh, situation of uh, we are who we are here and we're going to do the best that we can within the framework of we, what we have, and then if something breaks, we'll adjust accordingly. But I wouldn't set myself up trying to go towards that direction because I think they really thought it was going to happen last time. And I can tell you, I don't want to name names, but I was getting texts forwarded to me that were sent 
by high, high-level people. And the person on the other end receiving the texts would just simply forward them to me. Now, unless that person went through and made them up. Seems like a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> Let me get a burner phone here, send a <laughs> right. text, and then forward it on to yeah, PK. Yeah. No, yeah. no thanks. Right. <laughs> no I mean, thanks. Just... And you don't generally like to hang out with people who uh, waste your time. <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't have a lot of enthusiasm for that type of stuff. Yeah. And so they thought that they were that it was going to happen. They got and BYU got high level people outside of BYU involved because I received those texts, guys that we all know, and they're going back and forth. And I'm, unbeknownst to them, I am looking at their conversations. So. They thought something was going to shake. I mean, I think eventually something will shake anyway because I think that the, the, the Cougars as an institution, and a lot of it, yeah, I get it. It's with the church backing because of the church uh, in population and interest and all that. But who cares? You know, money's money. And, it, and, you know, really, as long as it's not through nefarious means, who cares how you're getting it? And if BYU could bring stuff that uh, others can't, more power to them. You know, why not take advantage of what you have? You know, the West Coast Conference has loved it with the, the BYU TV and the stuff they've been able to put on. And I, I can tell you from a, an interest standpoint, because I've had this told to me by Pac-12 officials, they love that we obsess over Utah. And Utah, when you look in the conference, uh, outside of uh, really – uh, SC, when they got it going on, there's no better media market in the conference. Literally in the conference. Eugene is nice, but they're you know they're they're kind of small. Uh, and we it's it's in our community, and they just love the excitement that Utah brings, that we bring towards Utah, that our listeners bring towards Utah, and how it's such a big deal. Well, the Cougars are going to bring that too. I mean. And well, you, know, you can argue they're going to bring yeah. more of it. You know it firsthand because, like, the national media people show up at the Pac-12 media days, right? And yeah. so you want a lot going on. There need to be – they go to the – those national media people go to the SEC. And they see all the TV crews there. They see all the radio stations. They see all the newspaper and the website people walking around, right? Now they go to the Pac-12 media day. Well – Initially, a lot of people sent stuff, but over time, people are saving money or a team is down or whatever, and the number drops. But it was, uh, it was the former Cal coach, Jeff Tedford, right? Mm. Another Salt Lake radio station? Are you bleeping kidding me? Because <laughs> at that the point, one. there were three sports stations. And he's yeah. like, how many? What? All right, he'll do it. I mean, he was a pretty good guy with the media, I think. I think he's pretty he good was. at it. Yeah, he was pretty good at it. And, uh, yeah, I'll do a third Salt Lake interview. But are you kidding me? A third Salt Lake interview? But who's filling out Radio Row? Now, Radio Row, you've told me it's not what it was. And partly one of the stations here went away. I mean, the, the transmitter got the, – the land under the transmitter got sold. It was a real estate deal. Um, so you don't get three. Now you get two, right? So uh, that stuff always drops off. But it's still Salt Lake supplying some of the energy down there. Big time. Phoenix does not even send somebody. They send zero radio stations? Zero. Hatches station down there because, you know, when that's that's going right towards Cardinals training camp. Right. 
and you got the Diamondbacks. Maybe they're in it. Maybe they're not as far as a pennant race. Uh, you know, at that point in the end of July. But you got four pro teams there, and you got a lot going on. And this is a college football media day. There's not going to be a game won or lost. You know, when they get to the games, Ryan will put coaches on the air. But oh yeah, yeah, they do all that because right, they're contracted sure. to. <laughs> yeah, right. But in in late July. Or early well, August. What's the date? date's usually late July, right? It's usually the, like, yeah, the last yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. And you could see how BYU and the Big 12 could provide some of that because it's the same way. You know, is, is a media from Dallas and Houston going to go to Big 12 media days? Now, it may literally be down the street uh, if it's in Dallas or Houston. It's usually in Dallas. It's usually in Big D. Big D, yeah. yes. Uh, but they got, they got pro teams all over the place. And right. you, you, know, you know in Dallas they're talking Cowboys every day of the year. Yeah, so the Cougars have a lot to offer, and I think that it'll break for them. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, because it very well could be what what the break is. We can't imagine it because it's not as simple as the Big 12 adding two teams. Right. I mean, who knows what the outlook and landscape and conglomeration is going to look like in X amount of years. So I think eventually – They'll get what they want, but they want it, and they want it now because okay. Utah has it. I get it. Okay, pull, pull back the curtain here. This is how it works after the show in normal times when we're not social distanced. Yak and I start talking about stuff like this, and PK like handles the first theory and handles the second, and he's like, I can't stand here for these two's 13th theory about how this could play out. PK puts on the backpack and goes down the hall and leaves. And Yak and I whip up, okay, if Notre Dame goes to the ACC, Yak's laughing hard because he knows this has literally happened. What if West Virginia goes as Team 16, then the Big 12 needs one team. We're nerds, we get it. (laughs) But you're right, all those series are out there. Like You wouldn't think like Notre Dame would trigger BYU to the Big 12. But if the ACC gets Notre Dame as Team 15 and needs 16 and took West Virginia, I mean, you can play that game forever. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm naive here, and I, and I want them to get in. I'll be the first to admit that. I, I don't. I'm not uh, harboring any. I'll be the second. Unspoken biases here. I want them to get in, and the sooner the better. Uh, but my line of thinking was taught to me by my father. If I show up to work every day, try to keep my mouth shut, try to keep the best job that I can do, the best job that I can do, work crazy hours, get. Uh, uh, back in when I worked at Daily Breeze, I'd work a five a a five p.m. to a two p.m. shift, have a day off, and then start the day off after that the next day at a seven a.m. shift. And my days off would be Tuesday and Thursday, or maybe Monday and Wednesday. And I wouldn't know until like the uh, TVs do, you know, the twelve day window. <laughs> <laughs> you had a twelve day window on your yeah. Daily Breeze schedule. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because. That, that's when they, they would post the schedule, and you'd go look at it and see when your days were off. Or, and it wasn't all of us, but it was probably about 10 guys. And I'm a younger guy in this situation. You know, and if now I was working there, I would have been laid off now. But, I mean, if everything was equal, uh, you know, we wouldn't. But the younger guys, which I was, I'm trying to make my mark, that's the way our schedule was. Worked every single weekend. There's just no question. In fact, we were joking 
about with my wife. I was joking. I think it was last night. Was it the 32nd something anniversary of uh, Kirk Gibson's home run, which was a Saturday night? Mm-hmm. And the reason we had just moved over there, and I first went over there to be in news. I didn't go in the sports. That's my job opening was news. And that's why I, had, cause I was wondering, why was I off on that Saturday night? And then I realized, well, I hadn't made the move to sports yet. I was doing news for a couple years before I made the move to sports. And so that was more regular hours. Not always, but more regular and so my point is, I plugged away, plugged away, plugged away, and eventually I got my break and got my breaks, right? And I think that's got to be the same way for BYU. Keep plugging away. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to get better. Keep trying to win more games and have a comprehensive athletic program and do all the things that you can control, that old cliche. And then I think eventually something's got to break. They're going to look at you and say, well, yeah, there's some stuff that, that is difficult about you with the no Sunday play, but you bring more positives, so we'll find ways to work around that. Well, Matt Thomas just told us, uh, Houston, yeah, they're going to be fans in the stands, and I hear a bunch of them are going to be BYU fans. Of course. That's, that's money. That's selling tickets. If you're not selling out your stadium, you're pretty interested in that. Yeah, you can't deny the passion that is there. And even if that passion is just because, oh, well, I'm a church member and BYU's in town, but there's been so much of that that you just can't dismiss that. There's been years and years of that. So are you constantly, if you go to Houston, say, uh, you, so you get, uh, let's just say it's a regular game where there are 40,000 people in the stadium and you got 5,000 Cougar fans. And then a couple years later you go back to Houston and you still have 5,000. Is it the same 5,000 or is it? Different church members. My guess is there's got to be some carryover. And the fact is that there's people who are BYU fans. And maybe they're BYU fans just because of the religious association. So what? There's plenty of uh, Notre Dame fans, and I can speak from firsthand experience, that are Notre Dame fans because of the Catholic connection. That's just the way it is, man. And who cares? It just doesn't matter. As long as there's that connection, that's all. Whether you went to the school or not, if you're willing to spend cash on them, that really is all that the people care about. Oh, yeah. Every, the, the every BYU look, fan, did they go to BYU? Probably not. The AD's looking at 5,000 seats times $20 a ticket is hundred grand, And at another Cha-ching. school, and at another yeah. school is 5,000 people times $40 a ticket, and it's two hundred grand. <laughs> right, and, they, uh, and that's, you know, whatever they charge, and then you got parking, concessions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you know the stuff that you bring into the economy. I mean, but it's also more energy. Win. It's also more energy and passion in the stands, which appeals to you know renewing with your uh, with your crowd. I, we know when crowds come in here, there's some schools that bring energy and bring visiting fans, and some schools it's kind of eh. Yeah, and then the home group gets ticked off. Wait a second here, man. Absolutely. And so then that fires them up in turn. You see it all the time. I've literally seen it around the country. With both BYU and Utah, literally around the country, I've been to these places with these both of these teams. There's very few places I haven't been, and they've got excellent fan bases. And BYU draws a little bit more, sure, but still, Utah's not too bad, really. I've seen actually that's been a great thing to, to see to see their fan base on the road grow. Yes, and uh, you saw it back in the day in basketball, the Pit and Laramie and Wyoming. Those are two places that you always knew were looking for Utah to come to town. And there'd be some Utah fans there, and there'd be the home fans going nuts. And then in football, you've just seen it over time. That The first time they went to UCLA, when they were still in the Mountain West, and they were in the Rose Bowl, and they had uh, probably, like, I think it was seven or 8,000 fans there. 
They had that, that kind of pie shaped in the corner. Yeah. Uh, Northwest, I guess, is where they put him there. And, uh, but everybody was in red. Everybody is red. And UCLA was still drawn at that point. I think they had 65 or 70,000 at that game. Right. It looked good. There's a lot of powder blue around the stadium and then that, uh, that chunk of red. And, and TV loves it. Loves it. And you want to keep the TV partners happy. But it looks big time on TV when you see that. And I love it. There it is. PK loves it. Make it happen. <laughs> All right. But we can't get fully emotionally invested because we've been down this road before. Hopefully Greg Swaim knows something when he tweets that out from Oklahoma. That the Big 12 will add two to four teams in the next round of TV negotiations. But we can draw up a lot of lists of who those two to four teams would be and how that would play out. And BYU is not on every list. So just because he's right doesn't mean it's BYU. And the other thing is, just because he's right today, we already saw the Big 12 took a lot of heat for this. We're going to expand, and they formed their committee, and they did all their due diligence, and then they didn't expand. Let's be real. That was to cover up for a massive scandal brewing at Baylor. And there it is. You're getting so cynical in your old age, Jock. DJ and PK coming up. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz at 8. Lincoln Kennedy. Raiders analyst and Pac-12 analyst. He's at 8.30. Kyle Whittingham at 9 o'clock. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Eric Weddle joining us. We were so fired up to see Alex Smith out on the field. Yeah. What were your emotions like seeing him back out on the field? I told everyone I knew after that documentary that came out, I'm like, 100% he will play again. And it's going to be an amazing story, not just for him, but for people around to see the adversity and see someone go through just a horrific chain of events, right? But to get on the horse and get going again, oh man, it was just incredible. Can you imagine going through what he went through and mentally getting back out there in an NFL game. So you knew he was going to struggle a little bit. But I hope he gets more chances. I hope he gets more opportunities and gets more comfortable back there because he's obviously showed he can still play. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. PK, you were having fun putting up Facebook questions yesterday, weren't you? I have fun every day. It's a great job. I love doing it. Maybe question, more so, yeah. Question of the uh, day. Part two. What's going to happen in sports this weekend starting Friday with BYU? What happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? You stop it. <laughs> you actually put that in the question. Look into your crystal balls. What's going to happen you in sports this weekend? You put it in there, not me. No, I'm a reporter. I just write down what people say. Take some what ownership. Look into your crystal Take balls. Take some Pardon? ownership. I'm talking over the drop. <laughs> I'm talking over the drop. Take some ownership. Your words. There's no, there's no my words. They're your they're, words. They're, yuck, are they my words? Yes, I'm reading this. You're a writer. But, you know if you're quoting someone else, there should be quotation marks. Comma, but you happen to make the original phrase happen. That's not, you can't play. I never would have thought of it. I'm not that creative. In the movies. I love this job. A crystal ball <laughs> divines the truth and the yes. future. Right. 
and we have millions of listeners. Scotty tells me $1.5 million, $1.5 million downloads. <laughs> always money with him. Nice 40 inch slip. Nice 40 inch slip. Hey, I'm the one who learned <laughs> one. 600 grand? 600,000. <laughs> one buck, one buck a page view, dude. One buck a page view. That's what you get for your internet column. Paycheck is why I live in Utah. Yeah. Look into your 1.5 million. First? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Look into your 1.5 million crystal balls. What's going to happen in sports this weekend? Starting Friday with BYU. Well, if you're asking me, I must say, you know, first of all, I have to make it abundantly clear that it's brass, not crystal. But hell, uh, <laughs> try the meal. He's here all week. Man. Tip your waiters. You are something. You are the king of unintentional comedy. You've always have been, and you always will be. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> it's a huge weekend. For the Cougars, big big sports weekend too. College football ramping up, big game. Alabama, Georgia, just awesome. You know, awesome we got to give a shout out here. I think to uh, the voice of the Cougars, who we've not had on the air in a while. Maybe we should uh, work on that. If they come through, Yock, we're not talking to him if he packs an L in his bag and brings it home from Houston. But he comes back from Texas with a W. Uh, but Greg Rubel, the promo. I don't know which show was he on. Was he on the Big Show? Big or Show earlier. He's this on week. the Big Show. Yeah. And uh, he basically had the same take you were uh, you were throwing out there yesterday. He didn't use the word pivotal, but he did say everything hangs on this. He said there's, of course it there's does. four name brand opponents on the schedule, Navy being the first. Now, Navy doesn't look very good, so you don't get a lot of oomph for that. Uh, but there was a reason that that game... Right, but there was a reason that game was on Monday in prime time, right? Labor those, Day, yeah, of yeah, course. Those were it was a it was Labor Day Monday night, and those were the best brand names that they could get that weekend to square off. So they put it in a in a good time slot, unopposed with the whole country watching. Yeah, now Houston, yeah. same deal. And again, it's yeah. game two, so we'll see if Houston's back to being thirteen and one Houston, or if they're four and eight Houston. Because this is the most pivotal game in Kalani Sataki's career. And if you argue with me, you're a nincompoop. <laughs> and Greg's point was, if you mess this up, it takes all the juice out of the Boise State game. And if you win this, then and he also also I like the way he phrased it. He didn't say if they're going to New Year's Six. He said if they're going to be in a discussion, because. That's what you always say. That's they're a beauty contest. Teams. They've got to choose right. you. You don't can't control any of that crap. Don't worry about that. It's a beauty contest, and there's uh, it's politics and uh, yeah. money involved, and so do you get picked. But yeah, that's that's out of your control. But you've got to be that. undefeated for all the uh, you know roundtable talking heads at ESPN to be talking about you in the weeks leading up to it because yes. no one's buying you at nine and one, and that may not be fair, but. It's a fact. No one's buying you at nine and one. Although nine and one is a great season, sure, but it won't get you into New Year's Six. If that's your ultimate goal and everything rests on that, then I suppose that can couch your opinion. But and for me, I'll have to wait and see. And the other payoff here is that whether you go to a New Year's Six or not, as long as you stay in the discussion, that you would think that that's one more positive for recruiting. Recruiting hangs on fifty different things. We've been over this fifty times. No one kid picks – every kid doesn't pick a school for the same reason. But there's a, a – uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a pot full of potential reasons, and one of them is they're turning on the TV to watch college football as a high school junior, and they're, they're sophomore or senior or whatever, and they're thinking, 
hey, I might want to go there. They're pretty good. That looks like fun. That looks exciting. So keep yourself in the – every week you keep yourself in the discussion, there's another uh, wide receiver and another defensive lineman out there hearing your name, not some other school's name. Yeah, I think it's different for BYU, though. I think that for BYU, you, for a lot of these kids, you've got to give them a reason to just go. They're, they're already going to be interested in you. You can't have uh, things that turn them off. All you've got to do is have your ducks in a row, and winning certainly matters. This is the most pivotal game in Kalani's coaching career because it is going to ramp up the enthusiasm or there's going to be a big thud. Those are the two alternatives. There's nothing other beyond that. And even a one-point win is plenty good enough. It's that they come home uh, tonight. Today's Friday already. They come home tonight with a win. Doesn't matter. We're not going to be showing on. on, on t- no one's going to ask him. Boy, you guys were flat tonight. Like you know, he basically got that question against UTSA. That's not going to be the case tonight. This is the most pivotal game. You accused me of lecturing BYU fans because I was comparing it to uh, the people who want to lecture us about no college football. Of course, the difference is that's real life and this is play. So, yes, I lecture people when it comes to play stuff that really doesn't matter. Real life, I'm not going to do it. But playtime, I'm going to do it. This is a huge game. I want them to win because it just really, then the momentum kicks up about ten times. Should be three more weeks of hype leading up to Boise State. And I agree the spread doesn't. The, the margin of victory does not matter at all tonight. When the spread is 35, people want to see style points, and they didn't see them against UTSA, so of course it was a story. But the spread tonight is BYU by five over Houston. So if you win by one, yeah, you didn't cover, but so what? I mean, this is about winning and getting out of there and being 5-0. and Yep. Aaron with this post. I predict Utah will not play, so Ute fans will have nothing better to do than be jealous of BYU and make snide comments. I hope BYU wins. The 14 ranking seems high, but they haven't lost yet, so let's see if they deserve that high of a ranking. Sure. And he gets a preach from one of the, uh, I don't know, The Voice maybe? It's a gift from one of, the, uh, one of those shows. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, David Locke, Radio Voice of the Jazz, coming up next, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders, Pac-12 Network Analyst. He's at 830, and Kyle Winningham at 9, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.